Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's show, we have Rebecca Kroll back in person in the Messy Audio Recording Studio. Um, and uh, Hello, she- everyone. <laughs> yeah, so you, you had a very rough trip back from Ireland, as it I turns out. I kind of did, yeah. Yeah, um, the followers on our Facebook page know that, that we had uh, some, some difficulties getting the last episode out because of the weather. We had uh, about uh, 20 inches fall in us in Wisconsin here. Some parts of the state got a lot more than that. Um, yeah. And it also caused a lot of travel havoc for you on your way back from Ireland. Yeah, it really did. And that that's why we decided to talk about travel today, because I learned some things and um, thought I would share them with you about if this should happen to you when you're, when you're traveling. Yeah, even after all this time traveling, when things go really wrong, you figure out, oh, I could have done things a little <laughs> bit better. So Yes, I really did learn some things. Um, so and- first of all, you were, you were stuck in Chicago for how long? Well, I was supposed to fly out on um, on a Saturday afternoon, and I finally left on Monday afternoon. Okay. So, <laughs> so tell, I, tell us about being trapped in Chicago in some of the worst weather in, in, that April has ever seen in the Midwest. <laughs> um, well, there were actually two flights that were canceled uh, from Chicago to Minneapolis. That was my connecting flight. I had flown in from Dublin. I also, I ended up taking a flight to Eau Claire, which is the nearest place to where we live here in Wisconsin. That one was going to go out on on Monday. And that was really the first time that I could get out after my flights were canceled because, of course, everyone was backed up now trying to get to Minneapolis. So um, my bag went on to Minneapolis and there was a, a large hassle that ensued about getting my suitcase back. <laughs> so, um, well, but before we get into that, let's uh, let's talk about being trapped in Chicago. So you didn't have your bag. Uh, right. So, you, so you, all you had was your carry-on, correct? Yes, I had a, a yes, basically a, a carry-on and a personal item, which was a tote bag with some stuff in it. So, yeah, what and so what I what I did instinctively, I think, when I found out that that first flight was canceled, as well as the second one, was to right away uh, start trying to make my own arrangements because. You know, I think the last thing that you should do is go and stand in one of those big lines at the customer service for your airline, which, you know, some people do, but they do give you a phone number. And so if you can take care of some things on your own, it will be much faster. So these days, as soon as you know that something is wrong, it's like you get out your smartphone, you start looking for hotel reservations, start trying to figure out right. where you're going to stay. And they, I think the first thing is to try to get a flight. And mm-hmm. they... And I was flying United, and they gave us a number to call. I actually got a person almost right away on the phone. And she, um, you know, kind of walked through my options and helped me get a hotel. She, They transferred me over to Hotels.com. So that all was pretty, uh, pretty smooth. And You're kind of in a race against the other passengers, well, right? Everybody, though, everybody's grounded. Everybody around you is doing the same thing yeah. you are. And um, at least on that, that first flight that was canceled... The hotels were going pretty fast, and she'd say, well, you know, here's one. Oh, well, no, that one's full now. So I ended up both times, both cancellations with pretty good hotels, and that was all good. And and you had the all-important travel insurance. I did, and that's something I really do recommend that people get. I haven't processed my claim yet, and I'm hoping that it will be smooth, but... 
Um, well, you have to tell us how that goes because that's the big question. I mean, you yeah. figure you're spending how much on the travel insurance every time you travel, and then how often does it <laughs> does something like this happen? True enough. Um, I do advise that you don't have to buy the insurance at the time that you're buying your ticket. So you'll get a, a notice that comes up, do you want travel insurance? That's usually more expensive. And I go online and buy something later. You can always do it later. I'm even looking now at buying a whole year policy because I travel a lot. And so it it should be pretty good. It was about $200 a day coverage for trip delay, which would cover the hotel and some meals and things. So the only thing I would say there is they did ask me for some documentation when I start to file my claim that I don't have, and I'm trying to get that now, which is confirmation from the airline that the flight was canceled. And I think I probably could have done that at the airport and gotten someone to write something out for me. So now I'm, I'm having to go back to the airline and try to get them to send me an email with this. Otherwise, um, you need, of course, your receipts for your hotel and your meals. They cover some incidentals, like if you have to buy personal items, they, they'll cover some of that. And delayed luggage as well, um, only on your flight over. They don't do that on your flight back because they figure you probably have clothes at home. So how much of this documentation can you actually get emailed to you? Because it's very hard to keep track of, of all is. the everything that's paper that's floating around. I think, I think everything except your meals. I mean, you can get hotel receipts emailed mm-hmm. to you. Meals would show up on your credit card if you pay with a credit card, but I think it's probably better to have the actual receipt because um, they may decide they don't want to pay for part of your meal if you had a drink or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just going to send them. I, I have all my receipts except one I managed to to find for my meals. And other than that, you know, I think it seems pretty straightforward. And But the biggest piece of paperwork that I lost, <laughs> and this is quite a story, is that when I checked my bag in at Dublin, and of course they hand you the little... Uh, luggage identification receipt when they put the sticker on your bag. And I took that little slippery piece of paper and I thought I'd put it in my case with my passport, but it was gone um, when I went to look for it again. And I guess it just slipped out. And so, so Ross, you had an excellent idea for the next time. Yeah, this is this is our most important travel <laughs> tip, I think. Like, if you zone out for the rest of this episode, just just pick up on this bit. When you fly, make sure because everybody's trapped in the airport, you know, for a good half hour at least, you know. And you have this chunk of time when you don't really know what you're doing. The best thing you can maybe do with your time is like go to the bar and get a drink or something. Instead, what you should do is take all of your documents and photograph them with your cell phone, and that way you have do- you have a an image at least. You have all the numbers that you need should anything happen yeah. um, because any of this stuff can go missing. Your boarding pass, your uh, your, your little slip for your checked luggage, um, you know, all these things. It's just a number. It's a barcode. That's all you need off of it. Mm-hmm. And if you put it all in your cell phone, you have all of it. Right. And I, I think there's a case to be made for getting a paper boarding pass so that you could easily take that photo because at one point I was asked for boarding passes that were on my phone, but once the flight was changed, they weren't on my phone anymore. <laughs> so um, anyway, this this bit of a very important paper that I lost turned out to be a huge hassle because when I went, because my flight ended up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, rather than Minneapolis, Minnesota, my, my luggage wasn't with me, didn't wasn't there when I got off the plane, and I knew that was going to happen. But 
the first thing everyone asked me when I was trying to deal with this was, oh, so what is your bag tag number? And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I lost it. And and they all had the same shocked response. They were so as if, shocked. As if this has never had, wow. How this, could you? How, how could you lose could this? You? How could you lose that slippery little piece of paper? It's never <laughs> happened to anyone else before. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, if you really want to shock somebody at baggage claim, just tell them you don't have that because, you know, most of the time you never use it. Most of the time your baggage is there and you just pick it up and nobody has to see it or anything. So I guess over time I'd sort of had this attitude of, oh, well, you know, that's that's good to keep that, but I probably don't really need it. But you really you do. really do need it. <laughs> if anything goes wrong. And so. And you were kind of being told, given the runaround by both airlines, right? I was. I, I tried Aer Lingus and United to help me find this number. I thought well, it must be in there somewhere. And they're both there's... telling you it's the other person's problem. They did. I got a huge runaround and. I think I made seven or eight phone calls in total. And in the end... Um, I mean, I know that you spent basically your entire time in Chicago, plus at least a full day when you got home, <laughs> just on the phone with airlines. Quite a bit of that, yeah. And finally, I got someone at United Baggage Service. Actually, the only the second person I talked to there, the other calls were here and there. So I would say United Baggage Service was pretty good, and this woman was excellent, and she said, oh, you need your bag tag number. Well, hold for a moment, please. And, you know, two minutes later, she was back and gave me the number. <laughs> I said, really? That's the number? I can't believe it. I've been trying to get it for days. I will say this. I've, I've flown United a few times, and as far as kind of low-cost airlines go, I mean, they're not like, they're not like uh, you know, Spirit or Frontier or, or even Southwest. They're kind of on the low end of the middle of the range as far as airlines go, but they are very good for what they are. I, I was pretty impressed, and, and she helped me get all the numbers that I needed, and she found the bag while I was on the phone, which I almost cried in relief when she told me she found the bag. <laughs> and um, so I'm picking it up today in Eau Claire. They sent it over. So happy ending. Let's just hope it's the right bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> Happy ending to the story because I had my paintings in there along with other things, the paintings that I had done on my residency in Ireland. So, Well, you did describe the contents of the bag, so hopefully did. you didn't get somebody else's paintings from Ireland. <laughs> it seems unlikely, but possible. Well, they, they asked me, that wasn't enough to just say there were paintings in there. I had to describe my shoes and my clothes and <laughs> what was in my toiletries bag and everything, so I'm pretty sure they got the right one. So... Anyway, happy ending to a long story. I think overall, um, the the delay was was an experience, and I I guess um, my best advice for that kind of thing is you know what Ross just said: document everything and try to just accept it and stay calm because. I saw some really bad behavior going on around me. Yeah, travel brings out the worst in people. <laughs> and, I, you know, I was upset too, but I was... You told me some woman, like, flipped out because nobody gave her a bottle of water yeah, or something. I was, I was and... checking in at one of the hotels, and I was handed a bottle of water, and she wasn't. And she interrupted my conversation and started berating the person behind the counter and saying, why did I get... Me, why did I get preferential treatment, blah, blah, blah. And it was like... Oh my gosh! You know, well, you know, it's survival of the fittest. And I guess so. She was, she was definitely trying to be the fittest. But yeah, you know, sometimes it's better to just be low key. I mean, I, I felt that I stayed calm, and for the most part, everything was fine. I, I think that's the best, 
the best strategy is just kind of accept it. And I was upset. But well, I mean, most of the time when you're traveling, everything does go smoothly. But it's like when it hits the fan, it really hits it the fan. It really hits the fan. Yeah. yeah. And... And it's like that, and it's going to be like that for everybody. It's not like you're exactly. alone in this situation. Uh, you're you're trying to deal with it as best you can, along with thousands of other people who are in right. the same situation. And then just a handful of of these poor employees who, you know, this happens right. maybe once a year or something, and they just got to kind of slog right. through it. So you try to be very nice to the people that you're dealing with, um, firm, you know, in what you need, but but pleasant and nice as much as you can be, and. Well, and as somebody who's been on the other side of that counter before, they're documenting everything. You know, every interaction that they have with with a customer, because they know that customer is going to be upset, that customer is going to complain to their boss. And so they take notes on everything you say to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I can't think of anything else, especially related to that situation, um, except... You know, I guess to to reiterate, when it happens, when at that moment when they say your flight is canceled, that's when you really need to stay calm and think about what do I need to do first Mm -hmm. and put off your your um, sad phone calls to your friends and family and loved ones who are wondering where you are. Right. This is a time for focus. (laughs) Right. Focus on what you need to do there. Your landing would be hours away anyway, so it doesn't make any difference to them if they don't hear about it for a while that you're going to be late or delayed or canceled. And as much as you feel like venting to people, you know, (laughs) try not to, because there were people around me as I was making my important calls, you know, talking to their friends or loved ones on the phone. Yeah, classic mistake. Yeah, you got to get that hotel. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You got to have a place to stay before you call them. I mean, like when you do call your friends and family, they're going to want to know that you're all right. Their first question is going to be, you know, well, what are you going to do? Exactly. And if you haven't, if you don't have a hotel lined up, like, what are you going to tell them? Oh, I called you instead of making a hotel reservation. I've got a flight. I've got a hotel. The other thing is if you if you have something that you're going to be charged for if you don't show up like a shuttle or a different hotel, you know, call them too and cancel because then your your slate is clear, you can proceed. <laughs> yeah. So all right, so you 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 got your your next flight that's going to be canceled anyway. Right. Uh, you got your hotel lined up. You've uh, you've canceled your previous reservations. You've called your friends and family. What's the next priority? What are you thinking about? I I wanted to get to my hotel, yeah, and so I called them and asked if I could check in early because it was too early for their regular check-in. Called them directly, and they said, um, "Well, they couldn't promise anything, but you know, come on over." And told me how to get the shuttle to there. They at least have a lobby and probably a nice bar. So yeah, well, and and I, it was about two hours when I got there to sit in the lobby and. It was okay. I mean, I, it's, I there's so much to do when this stuff happens, and I was fine. And then, and then I think I just tried to relax and say, "Hey, actually, somehow I ended up in this was really quite a luxurious hotel room." <laughs> and I will say again, for United, they paid for half of that first one, even though it was weather related. They did not pay for the second cancellation hotel, but there's where my insurance kicked in. So, um. Anyway, the time that I spent in the two hotel rooms was, you know, I basically just tried to look at it as downtime, relaxing time. I was jet lagged, so I could sleep a lot and, 
you know, it really wasn't all that bad. It was just frustrating because I would rather be at home, of course. And it was frustrating for you because you were picking me up at the uh, shuttles. So. Yeah. Well, it ended, up, it ended up working out because I had the day off the day that you were supposed to come in. I had requested it off and then I had to work the next day. And we, we were we were kind of thinking, well, how are we going to... Right. I'm hitchhiking you know, home. Or yeah. Something. You were going to be like basically <laughs> hanging out in town until I got done with work. And I, I work late hours. And yeah. so I'd be getting done with work probably around 1 a.m. And it, it wouldn't have been pleasant. Yeah. So the fact that you were delayed an extra day kind of ended up working yeah. out because then I had another day so, off. Somehow things work out. You know, and I would have had friends rescue me anyway, I think. But anyway, it, it was it was quite a saga, you know, and I just, yeah. I think, um, yeah, it did tell me some things that I should remember. So, so I did, for this podcast, I wrote down some other tips and things, and maybe we should go through them and maybe that will trigger some other uh, things well, one I, another thing that you mentioned is uh, just having like what you need in your carry-on to spend oh, like right. a couple days. I mean, you said you didn't have a toothbrush. Right. You know, if you have like important medication, you know, you don't want to put that into your check bag. You want to make sure you have at least a change of clothes in your, in your carry-on. That's right. And the other thing, you know, when I, I've always done this with my carry-on is I put some stuff in there, you know, just a change of very essential clothing or something. But I think in my mind, it's always been no more than one day of separation from my bag or a few hours of delay or something or one overnight. Well, these situations can turn into a lot more than that. Yeah, especially when they're weather related. And there's and then everything gets backed up. And Yeah, I mean, if I needed anything in my suitcase... Uh, it's been five days now since I last saw my suitcase. Well, I remember how excited you were to get a clean pair of socks from the <laughs> from the store downstairs. Right. I, I did a little shopping when I was there because, you know, there's no way really that you can pack in your carry-on. Well, I guess you could pack enough for several days, but usually with a carry-on on an international flight, you've got other stuff, you know, books and I don't know what I had in there, honestly, but plenty of things that were too heavy for my suitcase, frankly. So you're trying to reduce the weight in your check bag and putting it all in the carry-on. And, you know, I might think differently. I'm, I also might think differently about my artwork because you can use a small portfolio as your personal item or your carry-on bag. And then you know where it is and it's safe. On the other hand, you're displacing things that you might need otherwise. So... Not well, sure. and, and the other thing that occurs to me is is I know that you were talking with Kara, my girlfriend, before you left, and you kind of knew that you were flying into a weather situation, but it, it didn't really, like, click. That, <laughs> right. that it, first of all, that it was as bad as it was. Right. You know? And, and second of all, the repercussions that this would have on your travel, you know? Right, right, right. And, you know, I think... <sighs> Nobody really knows these things ahead of time. I could have been a little more prepared with what was in the carry-on, I guess. And the as bad as it got, I I mean, I did look to see what the weather was. And, you know, usually weather predictions ahead of time can sound so dire and you think it's not going to be that bad anyway. Yeah, every time they say that, especially this time of year, I'm like, ah, 20 inches of snow, no way. It's, it's right, going right. to be like three or four, I maybe, didn't believe you know? it, so... <laughs> um, and then right after this latest snowfall, they said we were going to get another three to five inches, and it ended up being like a light sprinkling of rain. You yeah, know, yeah. So. so you don't know quite what to believe, and and I don't I don't want to sound really scary, like you should always overpack and everything. I think the bottom line is you deal with it when it happens, and it could have been smoother, I suppose, but yeah. it really wasn't bad. It's more about the attitude with how you approach the situation. It's the attitude, than anything. yeah, just trying to 
say, well, this is an adventure or I'm on a strange journey here and I'll get home someday. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing about the luggage is it's only a tiny percentage that are actually ever really lost because they can track them. And I think it's like 1%. But what you don't realize if you, you know, there is a fair amount of delay and that's where it can run into days and days and days. And so it's more important probably going going to a place that you don't live to prepare for that than coming home or obviously you have a lot of stuff anyway. So, well, let's talk a little bit more about travel and less about like kind of the dire circumstances <laughs> that you, that you got here on. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, we've eaten up a, a big portion of the podcast, but I'd like to leave the, the listeners with something a little bit more optimistic. Absolutely. So what did you gain from your travel experience what, or travel experiences in general? Right. And I, I do travel a lot and I will say that I have never had anything happen like just happened. So most of the time, it's not always super comfortable, but it's very, um, it's okay to travel. I mean, the actual travel part, the getting there, the being there is a different thing. I mean, the, I think for, for artists, um, travel could mean a lot. And it's a, it's a very uh, broadening experience. And um, I like to think about something that one of my favorite Irish uh, poets and writers and philosophers wrote, uh, John O'Donohue, if you don't know his work, it's it's quite um, it's quite beautiful, and he wrote a a poem called "For the Traveler." Will you read it for us now? <laughs> I will not try to put on an Irish accent, but yes, I'm just going to read one little portion <laughs> of it because this poem really speaks to me about why I travel. So this is John O'Donohue's "For the Traveler," just one part. May you travel in an awakened way, gathered wisely into your inner ground that you may not waste the invitations which wait along the way to transform you. And I think, I think I love this part about the invitations along the way because I think that's your intuition talking. It's, the invitations are things that occur to you to do when you're traveling. And I often think you, you find yourself in unusual places, you, you find yourself taking time to explore things, to really look at things, to investigate, to get new ideas. And for me, that's, that's kind of a parallel to the creative process. The act of traveling is part, is in many ways like the creative process we go through with our work. And I, maybe that's why it's so appealing. It just, it just pulls me. And I think it pulls a lot of artists. And I think for artists, Travel could be just general travel, like everyone does, um, tours or taking off on your own. But there are special circumstances for artists, which are artist residencies, which we'll do in another podcast, and workshops, art workshops. And these are opportunities to travel and be around other artists. Okay, well, tell us about some of the other places you've been and what, what's coming in the future for you. Sure. Um, so I have coming up... Um, workshops in in Greece with my partner Jerry McLaughlin and also one in Spain with Janice Mason Steves and those are both full with waiting lists um, enjoying co-teaching with both of these friends it's it's quite interesting and then in the future I just want to mention that Jan and I are planning one in in Scotland in this absolutely incredible castle <laughs> kind of unbelievable and are that, the people going to be staying in the castle? Yes, they are. And the castle is right on the sea. They have a beach. They have several beaches and waterfalls and thousands of acres. And I mean, this is like exactly how I imagine a Scotland workshop to be <laughs> in a fairy tale castle. And that is in September of 2019. 
And then we're also, I have to credit Jan with this. She's very imaginative. She has found a place in Mongolia that we're looking at for 2020 where workshops would be taught in yurts and we ride camels and whatnot. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so if you, if, any listeners are interested in either one of those, um, please message me through Facebook and I will get you on a, an interested list. We don't really have dates or um, all the particulars for those yet. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have any other tips for our... I do. Any messy tips for our, our I listeners? I do. And there's there's a lot of general information out there about traveling, especially by air and internationally. And I will give you some of my own tips. And I will say this is from my own perspective as a U.S. citizen and mostly focused on international travel. Travel can obviously be much closer to home and travel may be different for you if you're living in a different country, of course. Anyway, for U.S. citizens, one of the things that I have invested in is is called Global Entry. And this is a program a U.S. customs program meant to expedite your travel back into the U.S. So uh, you have to you have to get some clearance. You have to apply for it, and you have to actually go to an airport, and they will take your fingerprints. But it is really worthwhile when you look at those lines through customs, and you go to Global Entry, and you just you enter some stuff on a kiosk. They take your fingerprints, and you just glide on through. <laughs> Uh, you can also pay, that's $100 for five years. You can pay a little less for to always be guaranteed TSA pre-check, which most of you have had pre-check at one time or another, and you know it really gets you through uh, clearance uh, really fast. Yeah, entering back into the United States, especially going through customs, is always just such a slog. Oh, yeah, I mean, lines and lines. So um, – I guess in another podcast, we kind of talked about packing for our trip, so I won't go into that. But one other thing that apparently you should put inside your suitcase when you're flying is your contact information and maybe even an itinerary. And I, I, when I was uh, trying to work my way through everyone's disapproval of my loss of my bag tagged number, I also faced disapproval for not doing this. <laughs> Well, you think that the tag on the outside of your bag would, bag would be sufficient, but a lot of times things get torn off. And... That's what they say. Even even the ones that are pretty sturdy looking can get torn off. So I was told very sternly, always put your contact information on a piece of paper inside your bag. So I will do that from now on. Something that I did when I was traveling overseas is we had like backpacking backpacks, you know, and they have yeah. all these straps and things on them that can get caught and torn off and... Um, so what we did was we took uh, like big canvas bags, like laundry bags, and stuffed our backpacks into that, tied it shut, and then wrote our name and contact information on the outside of the canvas right. bag. Right. And then that canvas bag you can then use for your dirty laundry or whatever. Yeah, um, good it's, tip if it, you're using a backpack, yeah. But you you want to get you know anything that has like a strap or something that can get torn off, especially if you're planning on carrying a 50-pound bag, yeah. bag around. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's yeah, real hard to do that with. Tape it down or something, yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, you know, they recommend actually taking a photo of your bag at some point and maybe something of its contents. Although I, I found a verbal description was okay when I had to do it. Okay. A few other tips. Um, take, when you, when you're, um, planning your flight and you have your ticket, load the app for your airline, the particular airline that you're using onto your smartphone if you have one. And that app can really be useful. You can store your information on there and there'll be a selection for 
push notifications. And this turns out to be really handy in a situation where your gate is being changed or the flight is being delayed. I was getting notifications on my phone before it was even announced at the at the desk. So that's a good way to stay on top of what's happening. And also it offered me rebooking solutions, although I did find a person was actually better for that. Um, another tip that I, I just want to kind of end up with is this is for the budget-minded traveler. <laughs> now, I myself am one. I don't think I've ever, I know I've never flown first class or even business class. Lately, I've started paying a little more for the seats that have more leg room because, frankly, when somebody in front of you decides to recline their seat, you can end up, you know, they're practically in your lap for the whole trip. <laughs> That's how tight a lot of the seats are now, even on international flights. Well, they're just packing packing people into the airlines. They absolutely these days. are. But a long time ago, a friend who I was traveling with said to me because I was stressing about having to pay for something. She said, "Just accept that when you're traveling, you're going to spend some extra money." And I've always remembered that because I I usually budget things pretty well, and I think I've, I'm spending this much. Well, you're not just spending this much because things will come up, and I've resisted that for a long time. And what I've come to realize is sometimes for your peace of mind, you spend a little extra money. For example, when I was leaving Dublin, the airport bus was late. It's always on time, and, and I was starting to really stress. And I looked over, and there's a taxi. I take the taxi. You know, I just quit worrying about when that bus was going to show up, and it wasn't even that much more. Um, so spending a little more on a hotel that's convenient near the airport for you, even paying something for a seat with more leg room, et cetera. If you're staying somewhere over, staying somewhere by yourself, like I had to on this trip, and you know, go out for a nice dinner or something, just try to try to treat yourself a little bit if you can, because those small expenditures are going to make you a little bit more calm and you can you can indulge that budget side with things like you know most people know you can fill your own water bottle after you go through security you can bring a lot of stuff on the plane to eat you can bring sandwiches and snacks and um you can look for places to stay that have good value like airbnb and uh, one last thing with the with your smartphone a lot of people wonder how to handle their phones overseas and just look for the most economical plan. If you're staying anywhere that has Wi-Fi, you don't need to pay for Wi-Fi every day on your phone. So those are my my budget my budgety <laughs> tips. <laughs> well it's very hard for a lot of people to travel on a budget and you know it's any any of those little those yeah. little things that I mean it, it's it's very uh it's very hard to get it done, you know. So yeah. Um, you know, any, any place you can save a buck is usually good, but Hey, you know, sometimes there's, there's things where it's better to just spend the extra five or 10 bucks, you know? Yeah, And I think, I think if you build that in from the beginning and you know, your ticket costs this much, but then you're going to have to pay extra for a better seat and you're going to have to pay extra to get to the airport and this and that and the other thing. And just, you know, in your own mind, add some money on up front and just Well, that's something that's always it. frustrating to me about the so-called budget airlines, you know, is that they have, you know, it's a $100 flight, you know, but then they, they make you pay for every bag you check Absolutely. and every single thing you do, you know, ends up, they Absolutely. just nickel and dime you basically up to the cost of like a, a regular airline No, ticket. the last time I looked at one of those, I ended up 
saying no, it's not worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. And especially if you're located near like uh like the Delta Hub is up in Minneapolis. A lot of times you can get really good flights on Delta. They're a great airline. And yeah. uh, and if you're located near a hub for one of these major airlines, a lot of times you can get pretty good deals on tickets. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment and a bit of sound advice. In the meantime, embrace your creative space. Messy or otherwise. Thank you.